wish to extend Christian greetings to each one here this morning. It's good to be here. I enjoyed your singing. It was, it was wonderful. It's good to see some home folks here, Nathaniel and Doug and Rose and their family. This morning I would like to, to speak about integrity. Nathaniel, you may have heard this before, but it's been a while ago. What is integrity? I'm going to begin reading in Psalm 26, a few verses. We'll read the whole psalm. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash mine hands in innocency. So will I compass thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous words. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. Redeem me and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an, un, in an even place, and the congregations will I bless the Lord. It seems that, that David had been accused of, of spending time with, with people that weren't of integrity. And David is, is saying that, that he is a man of integrity. He has tried to, to walk in God's ways. Now, we know that, that David in his life made mistakes, but David, I believe, was quick to correct his mistakes and ask God for forgiveness. Also reading in Psalm 25, 21, and 22, Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. So a companion word to integrity would be uprightness, honesty. Here are other, some other verses in Proverbs that speak of integrity. In Proverbs 11.3, The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. So it's saying that, that and I, I, I am assuming that we have all been taught, we've all been taught to be honest, we've, always, we've all been taught to, to do our best and to be nice, to be, to be upright. Here it says the integrity, the things that we have been taught, the the. The direction that we get from the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, guide us through life. It says, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. If we walk away from integrity, if we allow that integrity to, if we lose that, and we decide to do otherwise, it says that it will destroy us. Proverbs 19.7 19.1, I'm sorry. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity 
than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. It says it is better to be poor and be a man of integrity than to be rich and not so. Some of us have been poor. Some of us um, maybe are poor. But God has blessed us with material things, spiritual things. But it says that it is better to be poor and to be a man or a woman of integrity than to be otherwise. Proverbs 20, verse 7, another verse. The just walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. God blesses integrity. God blesses honesty. God blesses those who try to, to do their best to live for him. God rewards honest effort. We need to remember that. We have been taught to do right, but do we? We have all made mistakes. We have all done, done things that we shouldn't have, things that we, we were taught against. But God's word is always true. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So yes, I think we need to desire to, to live a life of integrity to our best ability. So integrity, blameless, innocent, uprightness, perfection. Uprightness is straightness, honest, and integrity. Now, who all, how many of you have read A Light from Heaven? Raise your hand. Okay, if not, you should read that book. It's, it's, read, it's written by Christmas Carol Kaufman. It's a bit of an older book, but it's a story of a young man who grew up in a house, in a home where the father went to church every Sunday. I believe he was a song leader. He was a Sunday school teacher. <clears throat> he looked to be very upright, very proper, a good man. But at home, he was wicked. He was awful. He, he abused his wife, his children. And, and Joseph, the, the boy that the, the book is written about, he had an awful life. But, but yet, he grew up to be a man of integrity. So yes, if you haven't read the book, A Light from Heaven, by Christmas Carol Kaufman. I would, I would encourage you to read that book. If, if you thought that your life was, was bad, then read that book. We are people of integrity because of Christ in our life. Now, there are people that in the world that, that are good people, they try to be honest, but they do it on their strength. They do it not because of, of the Holy Spirit within them, not because of, 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 of God in their heart. But we are, in, we are to be a people of integrity because of Christ in our life. A godly life will, we, excuse me, will result in eternal life. Romans 5, verse 5 says, we are justified by faith. I'm going to read that verse, Romans 5, verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Shed 
Shed abroad means to, to, to be poured out, to spread and to rush. And we are, we are justified by that which God has given to us. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Verse 6 says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. God made it possible that we could, that we could live for him, that we could be in glory with him. And God has given us the provisions to be a people of integrity in spite of the time that we live in, in spite of the things that we face. God has given to us the ability and the provision to be a people of integrity in a world that is not. So turning back to Psalm 26, we read in verse 4 and 5, it seems that the accusation against David were to be a willing participator of these deceivers. David said, I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go with dissemblers. Now, dissembler is, is a pretender. A hypocrite would be words that would be synonymous to that. David was not approving the fellowship with those people. I will wash my hands in innocency. So will I compass thine altar, O Lord. We can ask the question, where do you draw the line with being a witness to the world and fraternizing with the world? I think we need to, we need to have friendships outside of our circles. We need to show the love of Christ to these people. But we need to be careful with, with how much we, we do with them. We, we need to, to show them the love of God. We need to show them what God has done in our hearts. But we also need to be willing to, to draw a line with, with how much that we interact with them. I think we have all seen where people have tried to, to win the world but have, have lost out. So yes, we must take the Spirit of God with us. We must rely on God's strength and not my strength. We know that there will be people who will influence us to do wrong if we are not strong. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. A definite line must be Drawn to separate from, from sin and false teaching. Romans 12 verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So yes, we must, we must, that says that as we're in the world, we must prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we are not called to be, to be, remember when Jesus prayed for his disciples in John chapter 17, he, he said, he prayed that, that, you, that he would not take them out of the world. They're in the world, but not of the world. So we are in the world, but not of the world. So we must remember that, that God has called us to be a called out people. God has called us to be a light and a witness to the world, a people of integrity. 
Prove means to test and to examine with a renewed mind. To look at the situation through a Christ-like perspective. I'm going to tell you a few stories about everyday living. This is a story about Jim, the young executive in this big firm. The owner of the business, a successful businessman, decided to, to step down. And rather than choosing one of his children to go on and to be the CEO of his business, he decided to, to choose one from his young executives. And so he called them all together. And he said, okay, he says, I'm going, to, I'm going to give each of you a seed, and I want to take you to take this seed home, and in a year from now, come back and show me what you have, what you have done with this seed. So Jim was a conscientious young man. He was a man of integrity. He took the seed home, and he planted it, and he watered it. He put it in the sun, but nothing came of that seed. Nothing. And he was worried. He was like, you know, he's a failure. He failed in, in that which his, his boss has asked him to do. But he did what he was told. A year later, he brought the seed back. And all the other young executives were there with their, with their seeds. But they had beautiful plants. They had, they had nice, beautiful plants. I'm assuming that's plastic. But these were real these were real plants, and they were beautiful. And, and Jim felt a bit, a bit, what would you say? He was uncomfortable with what he had, but he did what he was told. And so he brought the plant back, and the CEO said, he said, one year ago today, I gave everyone in this room a seed. I told you to take the seed, plant it, water it, and bring it back to me today. But I gave all of you a boiled seed. They were dead. It was not possible for them to grow. And all of you except Jim has brought me back trees and nice plants and flowers. And so when you found out that your seed would not grow, you substituted, substituted it for another seed. And Jim was the only one with the courage and honesty to bring back that which I gave him. <clears throat> Therefore, Jim is the one who will be the next CEO. So Jim was rewarded for his honesty. In spite of thinking that maybe he had been a failure, he was rewarded. So here are a few points in this story. If you plant honesty, you will reap trust. If you plant goodness, you will reap friends. If you plant humility, you will reap greatness. If you plant perseverance, you will reap contentment. If you plant consideration, you will reap perspective. If you plant hard work, you will reap success. If you plant forgiveness, you will reap Reconciliation. There's not, there's, there's quite a few little children here. Children, if never get in the habit of lying, lying is a bad habit. It's something that, that doesn't work. Because it always becomes, if, if, if you tell one little lie, it becomes easier to tell the next one. 
And the next one. Now we know that these people weren't able to be the CEO because in reality, they didn't tell a lie, but they, they lived a lie because they brought back that nice plant that wasn't able to, that didn't come from the little seed that they were given. Integrity may cost you at times, but you will never go wrong. I'm going to read a verse in Proverbs 6, verse 6. I think I've written down the wrong. I'm sorry. It's the wrong reference. Okay. You will never go wrong with integrity. Now, there will be times when you might be looked down upon for being a man or, or, or lady of integrity, but you will never go wrong. It seems in today's world, the, the judicial system is not what it, what it should be. It's not about the truth, but it's about who has the best lawyer. It's not about integrity. It's not about the truth. It seems like it's about who has the best lawyer. Okay, so, so Jim was a man of honesty. He was unshakable. Now I'm going to tell you another little story about a young boy. I'm assuming he was maybe 11 to 13. I don't know. He was, he was a poor boy. He, he needed a job. And so he was going through town, and he saw that there at the, the hardware store, there was a sign that says, Help Wanted. And he knew that some of his... Some of the other boys in town had applied for the job, but didn't get the job. So the sign, and, and they kind of talked down their nose at the, at the guy that, that owned the store. The sign was up. The little boy needed a job. So he went back to the store and, and said, hey, I said, I'm looking for a job. Are you willing to, to hire me? And the, and the store owner said, yes. He said, I'm, I'm willing to hire you, but first I've got a job for you. I want you to go back. He took him back into a back room, and he had a whole box of nails, hardware, nails, and, and a few things. And he said that, I want you to, to sort the nails and the screws and the, back, the, the, the bolts and the nets. I want you to sort those in different piles. And then when you have finished that, come, and I'll tell you what else you need to do. And so he went and, and sorted through this box of miscellaneous hardware and it was kind of a tedious job it wasn't fun he was he would have liked to to had a bigger job you know something more important than sorting nails and screws but he went on with his job and as he came to the bottom of the box he found it was some maybe a silver dollar or something he found some money and the idea came to his mind that oh maybe he should just stick that in his pocket because the store owner may not have known that it was there, but no, he was the man that was, he was a young boy that was, was taught right. So after he had sorted through everything, he went back to the, the owner of the store and he said, he says, I'm finished. He said, but as I was sorting through this box, I found this, this silver dollar and here, here it is. And the store owner said, that's what I was hoping for. He said, you're the man for the job. And so you have the job because... You were honest. 
He said those other boys sorted through that same box of nails and screws, but they kept the dollar, and they didn't get the job. So here was a young boy who had been taught integrity. He'd been taught to be honest. Even if he could have slipped that coin in his pocket and been a dollar richer, but no, he went on to, to do well at that job and to move up and to, to do well at the job, and he stayed, he stayed with it. And he, he had a good job. Okay, I'm going to, to also, we know of the story in the scriptures. In Genesis chapter 39, it speaks about Joseph. Joseph had a hard life. He was taken from his family. He was taken to Egypt and, and treated as a slave. But as he proved himself to be a man of integrity, he moved on up the line. And then it says that he was, he was like second in command in, in Egypt. But we know the story how that, that Joseph, as he was working for his, his boss, how that the boss's wife came to him and, and wanted to tempt him. And she said, come with me. And Joseph, we know the story. It says that he, he ran from her. First of all, this is the first time that she came to him, wanted him to lie with her. And he said, he said there is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph knew, Joseph had been taught that this was wrong, this was sin. Joseph probably could have gotten by with this. But he said, how can I do, how can I do this and sin against God? He, he said no. And we know the story how that she continued to... To tempt him. And one day she grabbed him and he, he left. He slipped out of his garment and left. Integrity. Who are we? Who, we de, who do we portray that we are? Who am I when I am by myself? There are a lot of temptations out there. A lot of things that, that Satan would, would try to, to cause us to slip and fall. Because Satan hates a victorious Christian. Satan is very much against someone who is, is living for his God. So God, what godliness, what really is godliness? It is not defined about whether we fail or not in our Christian life, but rather by our attitude towards right and wrong. And am I willing to correct that wrong? As David, we know David made mistakes. But yet David was called a man after God's own heart because of, because of his character, because of his willingness to accept, I have sinned, and, and, and Lord, would you forgive me? And as we learn, I think that, that each of us, life is like a school. As, as we progress, as we learn, as we grow in our spiritual life, God takes us to the next step. And if we continue to fail, we will never get out of third grade. But as we continue to, to trust in God, as we continue to walk by faith, as we continue to correct our mistakes, we progress on to fourth grade, fifth grade, in the Christian life. And so life is a school. 
How well do I learn? How well do I learn? Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. I'm going to tell you the story about Job. Job was a special man. Job was a man that, that it amazes me how much he knew about the hereafter, how much he knew about, about spiritual things. We don't know that much about Job, but we have this story. Now, we know that, that in, in chapter 1, Satan came before God. Verse 7, verse 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered to the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And then the Lord said, Hast thou considered my servant Job, a perfect man, an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, stays away from evil? And Job says, Satan says, Does Job fear God for naught? You know, you have kept a protection around him. You have made it easy for Job. And we know the story how that, that God said, Okay, you can go ahead and try the man. And he did. But I'm going to go ahead and, and turn to chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 3 through 9. This is the second time. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And still he holdeth fast to his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord, and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown, the top of his head. And he took a potsherd to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou return thy integrity? Curse God and die. And he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women. Job had lost all that he had. Job had lost his children. And then Satan smote him with boils, sores, the top of his head to the crown of his feet. And Job was miserable. Can you imagine? Imagine me with me what Job was going through. I don't, I don't think we can, can imagine what Job was going through. But Job was going to hold on to his integrity. His wife said, Dost thou still re retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Job says, What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this... Did not Job sin with his lips? Could I have done that? I'm, I'm not sure. That, that was awful, what, what Job went through. If God would turn Satan loose on you, how long would you last? How soon would you break? 
could I hold out? Now, I want to read another verse. This is a, a comfort to me. This is, if you don't have this underlined in your Bible, I would encourage you to. In 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, it also speaks of the eyes of the Lord. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Is it possible for us to be perfect toward God? I think we, we don't understand that word. We think of perfection. We think of flawless. We think of there is no hair out of line and everything is just right. But, but if, if your heart is right, if your heart is right towards God, and you do the best that you know how, and when you fall, you get up and, 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 and confess to God and go on. That is what God is wanting. That is what God wants from you and I, is for us to be, to be willing to be stretched, for us to, to try. God is looking for people like that. God is looking for people like that. And it says that he will show himself strong on our behalf. Did Job ask God, why? Yes, he did. Did he become discouraged? Yes, I believe he did. But he held on to the thing that God is just. He held on to the fact that God is real. Job had a character and a faith that was real. In chapter 19 of, of Job, now... Again, we don't know much about Job. We don't know. We don't know how much prophecy or, or teaching that Job would have heard. But in chapter nineteen, verse twenty-five, Job says, "For I know that my redeemer liveth, and that she he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth." I think he's looking ahead towards his, towards Jesus. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. So Job knew, believed in a resurrection. He believed in an afterlife. But yet, we don't know how much Job, where Job got his understanding. Or what he had been taught. But yet, Job also was a man after God's own heart. He, he was an upright man. He was strong. He was stable. He was like a rock. I've asked someone already, do you know where the phrase by the skin of your, my teeth comes from? Comes from Job. Okay, in Job 31, verse 1. So Job knew that that he had he had issues, he had struggles, he was a man. And us men, we need to do the same thing here. Job, in 31, verse 1, it says, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I look upon a maid? So, brethren, this thing of integrity applies to all areas of our life. Personal life, business, purity. Job was committed. Job was committed. Job didn't desire wealth because he had it. Job was committed to his wife and his promise, even in spite 
of the fact that she encouraged him, she says, curse God and die. Integrity is who you say that you are or who you are when the pressure is on. And that has to do with business dealings. That has to do with promises. Has to do with commitment to your family, your church, your marriage. Commitments. The commitments that we make. How how true are we to those commitments? I think that's, that's... That is important, that we're true to those. Abraham was considered a man of faith. So let's see what he was accounted, what what it was that was accounted to him for righteousness for. In Romans chapter 4, verse 3, we read about Abraham. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So Abraham believed. He believed in God. Abraham had a faith in God. Abraham's faith was so great that he he was willing to offer his son Isaac. Again, this thing of integrity can be difficult at times. Recently, last spring, I sold a horse for quite a bit of money, and I guaranteed the horse to be sound and safe and all of that. Well, the man went and, and took the horse and, and, and sent him places that really I didn't guarantee him for. I could have probably gotten out of it, but he, he called me back and he said, hey, he said the horse, he backed my trainer off, um, and he was training him in something that, like I said, he wasn't guaranteed for it. But I said, okay, bring the, bring the horse back. I, I said, he's gentle. I said, he's a kid horse. He will not back. So he brought the horse back. And I sent him on to somewhere else and, and then sold him. But, it, it, you know, I lost a little money, but, but it has to be, it has, integrity will cost you at times. Integrity will cost you. It may cost you money. It may cost you friends, but maybe you didn't need those friends. Sometimes it, it might hurt, but, but it's worth it. In the long run, it will be worth it. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Speaking again about Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. So God asked Abraham to, to pack up and leave. Leave your family he says, I'm going to, to take you away and to make big things about you. And, and Abraham could have drug his feet and, and God, why? And, you know, I'm kind of comfortable here. I, I kind of have, have things set up. Things are going well for me here. But, but Abraham didn't. He, he left his family. He left his home and he, and he went into a place that he knew not of. And God made of Abraham a great nation. Obedience. Abraham obeyed. And, and we, as, we as Christians, 
We as children of God, we are taught to obey our parents. We are taught to be obedient to our school teachers. We are, we are called to be obedient to our church. You have, as you're here at Hillcrest, I'm sure that you have things that, that you're asked to do. And, and, and the best thing to do is to, to be obedient to those because God will reward you for that. Now, I, I'm not going to say who it was. You might know him. But anyway, I knew there was, there was family here at one time that, that they weren't supposed to go over to this pool and swim wherever it was. But he went and he swam and he jumped off the diving board and broke his toe. So there you go. He, he shouldn't have went. It, it cost him. That's just, just a simple example. Obedience can be restrictive at times. But in the long run, it will all pay out. Christ is returning for his bride, the church. And why are we here? Why are you here? Why has God placed you upon this earth? Why has God put you into a... A loving Christian family, if you have been placed there. Why, why did God do that? Why have you received the teaching that you have? It was for a reason. It was for a purpose. Recently, I went to Green Forest to the vet clinic, and there is a little church that has, often they have these little interesting signs. And on his sign this week was, God created you on purpose for a purpose. So remember that. Stick that in your pocket, your hat, and keep it. God has created you on purpose for a purpose. So stay true to your commitments. Be honest. Be a people of integrity. In closing, I'm going to read two verses from Jude. Twenty-four and twenty-five. Now unto him that is able to keep him from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God or Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, to keep me from falling, and to present you faultless. That's that's Christ our interceder. That is, that is Christ, that is Jesus interceding for us, even today. He is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before God, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. May we be found faithful. May we remember that which we have been taught. And may we always be that which we should be when we are by ourselves in the dark, and may God give us strength that we could that we could do that. Let's bow our heads for prayer.